your pal. It's your buddy, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from the top of my house, three flights up, just below the roof. That's right, in the attic. Your boy, the nonprofit sector connector, every Friday morning when you hear that song, where do you hear the lyrics after the break? But when you hear that song, you know the nonprofit sector connector is here to what? Amplify the message of nonprofit organizations. And that's what I do here every single week. I believe that the nonprofit sector obviously creates incredible value and makes an incredible impact each and every, I say each and every day, each and every minute of every hour of every day, the sector makes an impact. And for some strange reason, the sector goes unrecognized, often underfunded and overlooked. And my answer to that is philanthropy in focus, spelled P-H-O-C-U-S, if you're writing down any notes right now, because I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, and we used to say fat, P-H-A-T, plus I like alliteration, philanthropy in focus, P-H-O-C-U-S. Your buddy Tommy D, the connector of the nonprofit sector. Here's the thing. Let's talk about connections real quick before we even jump into the show. It's all about connecting. We're all connected on some level or shape or form. And here's what I have to teach you about connecting today. And this just came to me right in the last moment before we launched today's program. Be open be unattached and get freaking uncomfortable, man. I tell people all the time, shout out to my, my buddy, Mike. I was texting him last night, something great going on in his life. And he told me, he said, Tommy D you told me to get uncomfortable and I'm doing something big and I'm getting uncomfortable. So right on Mike psyched for you. So exciting. Can't wait to hear more about that story when we connect again, but get uncomfortable. Here's the thing. I used to not connect with people. I didn't know meaning like social media, like LinkedIn. I wouldn't connect with somebody on LinkedIn. There's a story here, Bev. We're going somewhere with this. So Bev Weinberg's my friend. She's here today. She'll be jumping on in a second. But here's what happened. I've been putting all this stuff out there about nonprofits, and I'm the nonprofit sector connector and philanthropy and focus on the show. And my new friend, Bev Weinberg, reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, Tommy D, I would love to learn more about this show. And we'd never met before. And typically back in the day, I might have said, well, let's, you know, I don't know this person. I don't know. But what we did was I said, let's jump on a call. Let's get to know each other. Let's make a new friend, which is my kids will be the first one to tell you when I say to them, you know, what's a stranger? And they go, I know that a friend we haven't met yet. And I say, now, look, that's for me as an adult. Stranger danger. Kids should not just talk to people they don't know unless they're kids. And another story, I'll bring it back to the show. But Bev reached out to me. We, I sent her my little Calendly link. Shout out to Calendly. They're not giving me any money, but I like that link. So And then Bev and I jumped on a call and because her mission and what her organization is all about is so close to my heart, really touches on two biggies for me. As you know, we talked, we did a little mental health conversation last week and my other, my heart is also in the, uh, in the IDD space, intellectually developmentally disabled. I always got to spell out the acronyms for everybody, but that's super important to us. So here's what we're going to do. Bev, come on off mute. Say hello to Mike crowd. Say hello to the, the, uh, the focus people out there. P-H-O-C-U-S folks. What's up, Beth? Bev? It is good to see you, Tommy D. I am so excited that I reached out to who was a stranger for about 30 seconds and became a good friend. And I just want to thank you for being such a champion of nonprofit organizations and specifically the people that I care so much about. And those are people that live with intellectual and developmental disabilities. You we are, are so you thrilled are to have you amplifying the voices of why this work matters so much. You know, I, I mean, I was in, we were in a meeting you and I yesterday and people were like thanking me and I'm like, you know, and, and not to be humble, but I try to be, but, but the thing is like, I'm just trying to amplify the work that people like you do every day. Like I do some nonprofit stuff, but I really felt like my calling was how do I get the word out on organizations like yours? And you know, I had this big mouth and I'd say great hair and a decent personality. And uh, <laughs> if you're not watching me on Facebook Live, the hair looks extra good today, everybody. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the work that you're doing, I want to dive in. I want to dive into, like we do here every week, folks, we find out the genesis of the organization, but even even equally, if not more importantly, is the genesis of the leader. What brought that leader to nonprofit work? So before we even do that, Bev, let me just, I want to read your background, your bio, and then we'll really get into uh, to this conversation. So Dr. Bev Weinberg is an occupational therapist with a passion for enhancing community engagement for individuals of all abilities. She received her bachelor's degree in urban studies from the University of Pittsburgh and her master's degree in occupational therapy, OT, from Temple University. Dr. Weinberg returned to Temple and received her clinical doctoral degree in occupational therapy in May of 2016, 
along with a certificate in innovation and entrepreneurship from Temple University's Fox School of Business. There we go. Service and business together, folks. There's something going on here, right? Yep. Bev says yes. Dr. Bev Weinberg has over 25 years of experience in service delivery research, training, and program development, and she is passionate about helping individuals who are often the recipients of assistance, helping them assume leadership roles as providers of service to their communities. I want to go back to that in a second for sure. She has partnered with corporations and local and national, as well as international nonprofit organizations to create innovative opportunities for individuals of all abilities to build social capital, favorite words of mine, and community connection, also big ones. This is going to be a great show. I'm fired up. Bev Weinberg brings this passion and experience to her work with Integrate for Good. Let's jump in, Bev. I'll read the mission of the organization in a bit, but I just... I always like to, to, to find out when we were in the quote unquote green room, the, the virtual green room, I guess a little while ago, you started to tell me about what brought you to service. And I, I find that, you know, people who are drawn to this work in this sector either always felt like they needed to serve or they had a parent or someone who influenced them and said, it's not just about you. It's not just about going out and making money. It's about making an impact on the world. And I found that probably about 15, 16 years or so ago, especially in when I started having kids, my wife and I are children, I realized what the world is about. And it's about impact. It's about adding value. Where did that start for you, Dr. Weinberg, please? Yeah, you know, I think it, it goes pretty far back in my DNA. Um, probably be, <laughs> before I was born, I think my, my parents were volunteering when I was in the womb. Um, I grew up in a family where it wasn't uncommon, you know, on a weekend that we were, you know, visiting a group home where people with developmental disabilities were living. And, you know, we were, my dad is a passionate hiker. So, you know, taking the guys out on a hike. Um, so I grew up where people with disabilities were just part of our inner circle. So it wasn't something that was scary or unknown to me. Um, and then when I was a little girl, I had some physical disabilities, some hip issues, and I wore metal braces on my legs. And I think the real spark for Integrate for Good, I can probably trace back to when I was in kindergarten. And I had these, you know, luckily they don't subject kids to these kind of braces anymore, but this big chunky belt with these metal braces connected to like the most horrifically ugly orthopedic shoes you can imagine. And my worst day of the week was Monday. And it wasn't because it was the first day of school. I actually love school. I, I've gone back to school multiple times. I love school. I hated gym. And gym was Monday morning. Um, and Sunday was shot for me because I was worried about Monday morning. And our gym teacher would line us up. Um, we had one of those old schools where like the stage and the gym were like one room. Yes. And there were those painted lines on the floor for the basketball court. And the gym teacher would line up all the kindergartners on that line, the half court line on the basketball court. And she picked two captains. Needless to say, I was never a captain. Mm. But the kids would pick, you know, oh, yeah, Tom, you're on my team, you know, Sue, you're on my team. And every time I was the last one standing on that line. And this, it's, it's hard to feel invisible and so obvious at the same time, but that's how I felt. And either to, like, sometimes the kids would say, all right, we'll take her on our team. We're stuck with her kind oh. of thing. Or sometimes what was worse, the gym teacher would say, oh, you know, this game today, I think it might be like a little too hard for you. So I'm going to have you go sit up on the stage and watch. And I would sit there knowing full well I could have played that game. And I just felt like they're all staring at me. Or then I would go to feeling like they're all having fun left out. Um, and luckily, I didn't wear those braces for many years. But I remember the powerless feeling of someone else deciding if you can be in the game or not. And that might be a, a game in kindergarten gym class. It might be a game called employment. It might be a game called being connected and, and engaged in your community, but no one should have that power to decide whether somebody else gets to play. Um, so then fast forward 30 years, 40 years, um, almost 50 years, I guess. Um, and that, that feeling kind of came back to me. I once I was like traumatized by it and scarred for life or anything like that, but I know I shied away from, I never was in sports. I always thought, oh, I've been taught that's for someone else. That's not for me. And I absorbed and internalized the limits that people imposed on me as a child. And in a very, very minor way compared to some of the other people we support that have much more complex challenges than I did. Um, so I would say, you know, those two things I attribute the spark to, like me experiencing what it feels like to be left out. Um, but then also my parents 
exemplifying for me, you know what? There are things in the world that go on that aren't fair and you can either complain about it or do something about it. Um, so I have very strong role models for knowing I could be the change I wanted to see. Say that again. You could, you could what? I knew I could be the change that I wanted to see instead of saying like, oh, you know, that, that really sucks that people are left out. I know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, but taking that next step and saying, you know what, I can't control for every kid that's left standing on that line, but I can do what I can in my neighborhood and in my community, and I can empower other people to learn how to do it where they live. Um, and I, I love macro level change, but at the end of the day, I feel like it happens one person at a time, one mindset change at a time. If you change the mindset of that gym teacher and say, hey, there are other ways to pick teams for sports, that could influence that gym teacher's actions for thousands and thousands of kids moving forward, right? Um, but when we just internalize it and say like, yeah, I felt left out, like, you know, and then just kind of move on, then nothing changes. So I, I made your kind of repeat that, be the change you want to see in the world. And, and there's a quote I pulled up your website, which I told you about before we got started, I want to talk to you about in a few minutes as well. But to me, it's... <sighs> What is the ripple effect? I talk about the ripple effect all the time. Yes. I talk about, you know, there's that the butterfly effect, but I talk about, I, I kind of see the world as a, a big pond and I walk around with buckets of pebbles and I'm just kind of lobbing these pebbles into the ponds and seeing the ripples and, and seeing what happens. And, you know, what is the trajectory that changes for somebody who, you know, the gym teacher who made a different decision? And, 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 and again, years and years ago, I think we certainly approached things as a society very differently. Um, we were blessed to have my, my cousin Linda in our lives and uh, Linda had special needs and, and Linda passed about nine years ago. And we have a foundation in her, her name, the Lindy Lou Foundation. It was actually uh, last week, two week uh, March 16th. I don't really bring this up a lot, but March 16th was, uh, would have been Linda's 40th birthday. So we had a bit of a fundraiser. And yeah, Lindy Lou Foundation, for, for those you don't know, is uh, it's a family foundation and the money we raise goes to organizations who work with this community, with the IDD community, different things like uh, supporting some of my friends who've been on the show, um, uh, Spirit of Huntington Art Center, Michael Katakis, who Bev, you need to meet Michael Katakis. They have an incredible artworks program. Um, the, the vocational, we'll talk about it. But uh, there I go, trying to connect. I'm, try I'm supposed to be running like a show right now. And <laughs> I'm like, you know, playing connector, like Tommy D, like, let's do the show. And then like at 11 o'clock, you can play connector again, all right? I have to like sort of <laughs> pull back and hold myself back. But it's in your blood. I don't, I can't stop it. I can't. So it, <laughs> it's that, it's that level of, of impact though, that one person, and you said, you know, you talk about starting, you know, on a, on a, on a grassroots, on a local level, and it's how far do the ripples go? I'd argue they go infinitely out because when you touch one person's life and then they touch people, et cetera, et cetera, and it just continues to go out. And that's, uh, that's a big part of what, what the show is about. That's a big part of what the sector is really about um, to me. So first of all, I love your story. I appreciate you being as candid and, and real with me and, and sharing it. And um, what we're going to do in, in just a moment here is we're going to go to a quick break. And I can't believe how fast the show goes. I say it every week, but we're going to go to a quick break right now. Um, what, when we come back, I really want to now dive into sort of what led you to this point where you said, you know, I'm going to found this particular organization and here's what it's going to be all about. And here's the message and here's programmatically what the impact is and what you're trying to do. So we'll bring it, we'll bring it right back and we can do that when we come back. Sounds good. Sounds great. All right, cool. Everybody, it's Tommy D coming at you from the top of the house. You know, just above the second floor, just below the roof. We call it the attic. Your boy in the attic, Bev Weinberg's visiting me in the attic. <laughs> we'll be back in about a minute and a half, two minutes. Stay tuned. Philanthropy and Focus. Right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. That's where I am all the time, but that's where you should be on Fridays from 10 a.m. Eastern to 11 a.m. Eastern, Bev. You know what's funny about that is the lyrics don't come in on the opening of the show. They only come in when we come back from the commercial. So it's fun for people to see it and hear it for the first time. I love it. I love the reaction. So I've sort of tried to coerce some of my guests to sing the song along with me. But if you want to, I'll text you the lyrics in the chat and maybe we'll sing it when we come back from one of the breaks. But it's pretty... I'll just we'll just do it right here because this is my show. I get to do whatever I want. So it goes like this. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static and join Tommy in the attic. My kids tell me, Tommy D, stop. And they call me that. And they say, Tommy D, could you stop singing, please? And so that, <laughs> that song was written and produced by my buddy, Brendan Levy. We call him Uncle Brendan, uh, Queen's Chamber Commerce guy and uh, lead singer and guitarist in the band, The Goods. They were called The Goods back in, in the 90s. Back when we used to say fat, little reference to the earlier segment, right? Um, but now they call themselves damaged goods because they're older men. So, how, right? I love it. So shout out to the goods, the damaged goods. We love you. Thanks for making the song. I uh, just got a text message from my wife. She's checking into the show. Love you, kid. How's everything? See you soon. See you later on today. Um, so we're back with philanthropy and folks back in the attic, top of the roof, underneath the roof, whatever. You know where we are. We're in my attic. Um <laughs> We're on the roof deck now. I might go. We might go on the roof. I I don't know what's going to happen. Bev, you you can never tell with Tommy D. Trust me. I can't get rid of the kid. He's around. Every time I turn around, Tommy D's right there. So it's it's (laughs) all right. Let's get back to to you, Bev, because it's certainly not supposed to be about me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the mission statement of Integrate for Good. The mission of Integrate for Good is to create opportunities for people of all abilities to contribute their talent through inclusive volunteerism, community leadership. And competitive employment. You know what I like about what I've read through through about your organization. Now I've read it with with the background, with, with the mission statement. You don't use words like you know special needs or anything like that. You're saying people of all abilities, and I love that because we all have things we're good at, we're not so good at. We all have things we can or cannot do, but over the years, I'd say certainly over the last 40 or so years, we've changed as a society to see how much people can can do. And we're not focusing on so much what people cannot do. And let's let's talk about that. How does this organization form? Why does it form? What? Let's just go there. All about you now, Beth. Yeah. So, you know, it's really all about the students I've had the privilege of working with. So when I um, finished my first work at Temple, my master's work, and spent about 25 years as a traditional school-based occupational therapist. I actually got my start in early intervention. I had a little birth to three-year-olds. Um, 
you know, where families were, were dealing with some new diagnoses, just not being able to envision a future for their kids. This isn't what they signed up for. They couldn't imagine, you know, when they saw all these other kids reaching milestones for them, it was like, well, well what does this mean for me and my child? Then I worked for most of my 25 years in schools, school districts in the Philadelphia suburban area. And I, you know, a lot of people ask me, we have two teenage girls and they'll ask me, which one of your daughters has a disability? Because people think that must be my why um, for living and breathing this work every day. And neither one has a disability. Like we joke, we're like, I have two teenagers in the house. Like that's something, right? But it's not a disability. <laughs> well, I, I'll um, tell you, it's challenging. I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> you can relate. I, at some point, um, I'm going to have yeah, four they, teenagers. You know, they don't have an intellectual or developmental disability. And my why was seeing untapped talent left on the table. And, you know, in meetings with hundreds of students over these decades, you know, seeing a folk, a deficit-based model, a focus on, we're gonna work on helping you learn to tie your shoes for 12 years, or you know what, your handwriting's messy, or you know what, you know, we see you struggle with, you know, it was always with what do you struggle with? And all the goals that were written for these kids were based on needs, not on strengths. So a good example is Zane Harshaw, who is an amazing, I mean, I'm, I'm a blues fan. I know my blues guitar and I've never seen anybody like Zane Harshaw. He's out of Ohio. He lives with autism and his whole career, his whole school career, you know, the parents were always getting these messages, you know, Zane can't zip his pants after he goes to the bathroom. Zane can't, you know, zip his backpack. His handwriting isn't legible, you know, all these things. And he discovered Guitar Hero when he was 14. And he asked his parents for a real guitar. And Zane um, at the time was mostly nonverbal. And his parents were like, you know, you hear his dad tell a story and he's like, after everything the professionals have told me, why the heck would I buy this kid a guitar if he can't tie his shoes, right? So much dexterity you need to play guitar. And luckily these parents were like, we're willing to try anything, got him a guitar. They hear him playing at night and they say to their son without autism, like, hey, Zane's listening to some pretty good music. And, and his brother playing. says, you know that Zane, right? He plays Stevie Ray Vaughan better than Stevie Ray Vaughan. I've seen B.B. King live and I'm like, eh, this guy might have a little inch I on B.B. King. All those hairs, those hairs are standing up right now. What's, oh my gosh. What's what Zane's last name? At like multiple, I've seen him live a bunch of times. I brought him into our two virtual events this year. And for the first time ever, he would never sing. And we just had a make your mark event and the end of January and we brought Zane on as our entertainment and he's singing. And I'm like, I'm texting his dad. And I said, do I just forget that I, maybe I heard Zane sing before and I forget. I'm so focused on his guitar playing. He plays behind his head. He played like, Oh my God. And he goes, no, he goes, we've been begging for Zane to sing. Even this morning. He's like, Nope, not singing. I'm not singing. And he just felt like supported by our crowd. And it was the first time he sang in public. And amazing singer, by the way. So like the, these, like peeling this onion back with, with all the people that we interact with and seeing like, there's this hidden talent. You know, you can focus on Zane Cantaya's shoes. Who cares? Like wear slip-ons, right? Like <laughs> wear slides. We don't I, care. I play saying, your guitar. Yeah, like I was on, I didn't even realize I'm like responding to you and I'm on mute. It's like, shame on me. I have the mug. I hold this mug up for people all the time. And there you go, Tommy D. You were on. I got mad at you. Got yourself, kid. <laughs> yeah, you got Tommy D. You know, naughty points for Tommy D. All right, but, but you know, who cares to your point about the stuff you can't do? It. That's see, that's the stuff I don't usually say bad words, but that's the stuff that kind of pisses me off because yeah. I know I plenty of times I say bad words. I don't usually say them on the show. So let's just underscore that because people who know me are like, you say bad words all the time. So, <laughs> but it kind of pisses me off because isn't that like, what you what we focus on is is what we think about and what grows right like if you, if you want to go back to you know thoughts become things and all this type of stuff like you know the the classics around around mindset and even um uh, is it mindset carol dweck's got the book the mindset book right about you know the growth mindset versus the uh i'm, I'm not i'll get it from when we come back from break but it's really like the this the mindset that's limited to the versus the growth mindset but yes. the fact is like if we focus on what people are good at and why, I mean, I'll, I'll give you for instance, and this is like, I guess I'm relatively speaking neurotypical and is the, is the, the, the vernacular we use right now. And I remember growing up in sales and working for, for a large company and, 
you know, I was like good at like two of the angles they wanted us to work, but they would tell people, well, no, you should be well-rounded and work all the five different ways to, to generate business. And then years, then this is going back like 2003, four. That is not in my experience. First of all, I, I don't think it's right, but I don't think it's appropriate. Second of all, now people don't look at the world that way. And this is inside yeah. of 18 years. And now it's like, no, if you do something really good, like, and this is how I always felt, like accentuate the heck out of that. Like yeah. freaking, like freaking do that. Like do that yeah. 200%. <laughs> and like the stuff you suck at, like, don't do that. Like, right. well, no, you should get better at that. No, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm like fired up. I haven't been drinking coffee. But it is like, so true. And like, it seems like common sense, but it's shocking, you know, like, you know, a good example too is like Nick Welsh, who, you know, does our website for us um, and so many other things. He created the video that's on our website. He did our 2020 impact video during COVID. I mean, this kid, I think he's 22 now. I shouldn't call him a kid. Tech genius. All through school, you know, the focus was what uh, whatever he couldn't do. He lives with autism, dyslexia, muscular dystrophy. None of it matters when he's doing what he is so gifted at. I've gotten him so, I think he makes more than me now because I've gotten him all kinds of paid work because people are like, we love your website. I'm like, oh my God, you you need help. I'm like, this is your guy. Um, connect him with my friend. I just interrupt you one sec. His name's Nick. Nick. Nick yeah. Shout out, Nick. Hope you listen to the show. If not, we'd love to have you listen to the show. Uh, but we should connect him with my friends over at, I mentioned Michael Katakis. You need to know Michael Katakis. Oh. My, Michael was on the show about a month and a half ago. Love you, Michael, by the way, and the work you're doing out there at Spirit. Yeah, like Nick Martin. would not want to be on your show, Tommy D. No, no offense to you. No, none taken. He's a behind the scenes kind of guy. That is where he thrives. Now, I was texting him last night because we were like putting one of our events coming up on our website and I just couldn't get the image to like fit into the square. Be not my thing. And like he had it done like that. And to your point, like do what you're gifted at. And everyone has genius. Everyone is, you know, this whole idea, like some people are in the gifted program and some aren't. No, like everyone has gifts and talents. And we are just so excited to help discover what they are and to help people share that talent with the larger community because we all benefit when we tap into that talent that was previously ignored. I mean, the stuff you're uncovering for people, folks, I hope you're really paying attention. You know, Bev and I are obviously having a good time. We're laughing it up, but like, this is real stuff that we're talking about. Like the way we treat people, young people, older people, whatever. And the way we, I talk ripple effect, we talked about in the first segment, the way we interact with people and what we help them focus on is really going to change the trajectory of their lives. That's incredible, right? But how incredible of it, how many lives are they going to impact themselves and out and out and out go the ripples, go the pond, go the pebbles, the whole thing. So, Bev, when we come back, we're actually going to another break. This is how fast the program goes. It happens all the time, especially, I don't know if you caught it. I haven't drank coffee in a while. And I, I, I went and I got a coffee and it has a, a shot of espresso in it. So, like, I'm even more Tommy D than I was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, here's what we're going to do. When we come back, I want to talk about those three pillars, those three tiers, and, and then some of the programmatic work that this organization is doing. Sounds good? Sounds good to me. All right, this is cool. Very cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Sounds like the circus, right? <laughs> we'll be back in a minute and a half in the attic with Bev Weinberg, Integrate for Good, your boy Tommy D. Philanthropy and Focus Nonprofit Sector Connector. See you in two minutes. Thanks, Bev. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host the program Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on TalkRadio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Got like five, like reverberate out. That's that's actually so cool. I love that. It's like they, I don't know. Somebody told me it's like the monkeys, you know, back in like an old monkeys tune or something like that. You know, like uh, I have not I was, thought about that show for a long. time. I was just gonna start like I'm a believer. Yeah. My kids listen, and anytime that music comes on, my kids will go, "Oh, that's from Shrek." And I go, "Well, <laughs> it might be from Shrek, but like there was like all this music had like another life before you know Shrek." Um, <laughs> So that was fun too. We got to hear my commercial there in the break, everybody. So, you know, egomaniac that I am, I got to hear my voice when I wasn't even actually the one speaking it. (laughs) All right. So let's do this. Bev Weinberg is here in the attic, integrate for good, doing incredible work for people of all abilities. And that's, that's what I really like to focus in on. Let's talk about this, Bev. Empowerment, connection, and education. These are these three pillars. Give me the background on that and tell me how that works into your organization programs and things of that nature. Yeah, so in the beginning, you know, we talked about the importance of social capital. And uh, when people think capital, they think financial capital, right? Um, For us, when we talk social capital, it's the value of the connections we get from other people. Um, People like you and me, Tommy, like, we're very blessed. We get to have opportunities to be in networking groups and chambers of commerce, and we're involved in different community things. We find that people, from the research I did at Temple, we find that people with disabilities do not have the same access to social capital. And when people have social capital, when they're connected to their communities, they're more likely to have the four H's, we call it. They're more likely to be housed in a place of their choosing and get to live with who they want to live with. They're more likely to be mentally and physically healthy. They're more likely to be hired. And we're talking at or above minimum wage. And then they're also more likely to be happy. So that's looking at quality of life indicators. So we affect the social determinants of health by building social capital. And we do that through our three channels, empowerment, connection, and education. So empowerment, I designed something called Empowerment Lab. Um, we just ran it this morning before this show, actually with one of our school districts, nice and bright and early. Um, we're working with Perkin and Valley School District out here in the Philadelphia suburbs right now. And through Empowerment Lab, we work with a cohort of usually about four to six students at a time. Right now we have six, five of our, we have all, all guys for the first time in, in this cohort. Five of our guys live with autism, one lives with Down syndrome, and we do Empowerment Lab for 10 weeks. The culminating deliverable of that is a digital portfolio. So it's their own website we create for them. We feel a paper resume doesn't really do anybody justice, especially people with disabilities. Mm. Um, So we use videography, photography, instead of saying like references available upon request, Mm -hmm. like what does that even mean, right? We and we do a video testimonial that gets embedded into that website. It becomes, you know, we give them business cards because in my 25 years working in the disability community, no one with a disability ever gave me one of their business cards. They don't have them. So once we found that out, we said, okay, we're gonna give you guys business cards. This is your own website. It's a living, breathing document. You get new work experience. You have a new work aspiration. We edit that, we update it, you send that out. Um, and it's a way, even for some of our friends who are nonverbal, to really convey what are my conditions for success? You know, if I use a wheelchair as part of that portfolio, we're educating people. Can you imagine talking to people like this all day? 
you know, when you're talking to someone in a wheelchair, we give, you know, these little things that we don't think about. Sit in a chair, right? Yeah. So that yeah. person's eye to eye with you. Um, you know, a lot of our friends with autism don't like to make eye contact for very good neurological reasons. We don't have to get into that right now. But instead of over the years, I've seen people like taking kids with autism by the chin, you need to make eye contact. No, other people need to understand why it's easier for them to listen and process information when they don't. So we, we're not trying to see people with disabilities as broken or needing to be fixed. Yes. The larger community needs to come to an understanding and acceptance of why are we different and how does that add value to our society? So empowerment is empowerment lab. Connection, this is where COVID tried to take us out, but we showed COVID who was boss in this situation. Right on, baby. Um, we're a new nonprofit, our terrible two year. We just incorporated in January 19, terrible two year was gonna be terrible anyway, right? As a startup, COVID layer that on top, right? We're like, nope, this work's too important. We're not getting derailed. Um, so um, Connection, we were doing live events in the community almost every day on college and university campuses, in senior centers, in libraries, at the local zoo, um, you name it. We were there bringing people with all abilities together to volunteer. Now that's 100% virtual. And we're starting to think about a late summer rollout plan for hybrid model. Mm -hmm. And then finally, education. So I hinted on that. That's where we do um, a lot of corporate lunch and learns. Um, different events where we help educate companies about why it's so important to diversify your workforce and why it's so important to, you know, see the rich opportunities in the community and look to the sidelines. Who doesn't have access to those opportunities to connect and to work and to learn and make sure that you bring those people from the sidelines into the game? I, I, I mean, I have a million questions, but so much here. So, you know, we, we have to let me start. Let me start with this. I know. I, I, there's a lot connection education. I, 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 love, I mean, again, in, in, in looking at your website, which for everybody listening is integrateforgood.org. That's how you how you check out what they're doing. And there's really some cool visuals that show the three pieces. But social capital for me is is as a networking guy, as a connector, is critical. It's I I kind of say, and, and I used to say it almost like tongue in cheek to kind of be cute and witty about it, but. You know, I'm only only as good as my network. I'm only as strong as my social capital. And if you take that away from an individual, um, that's that's not good. <laughs> wow, look at me, I'm a poet. I mean, it, it's not a good scene. It's not good to just, you know, have not have that capacity and access to people, people who can be a resource to you in your business, people who can be a resource to you in your career, people who are your friends. It's, look, for those of you who know me personally or have listened to this show a bit, I'm all about the connection. That's what it's about for me. It's how do we, mm. you know, I've talked about it earlier in the, in the season here. And it's, you know, I say two plus two might equal four, but in networking math, it doesn't. It equals some an exponential number. And, and what you're talking about when you talk about connection and social capital, to me, it, it, it's it's everything. Literally, like it's everything. Whether you need, uh, you know, if you're having you know, you need a business opportunity, you go through your network. If you're having a health issue, you go through your network. I mean, recently I reached out to a friend of mine and you know who you are and thank you for the help. But we had, you know, some health issues going on and I called in a favor and that, that was helped out because I knew somebody. So yes. to take that away from, from a group of people or, or not have them have that is a, is a problem. Um, you know, the, the four H's, on that side as well in the empowerment side housing health getting them hired and getting them happy the vocational thing for me we talk about it a lot and i want to say hello to everybody over at best buddies um i don't know if bev if you oh, we love best buddies we do a lot of partnership with best buddies at the high school and college level uh, so i sit on the board for uh the advisory board here in new york city for best buddies of new oh, york that's awesome shout out to sophie dubuisson who's been on the show i'm doing a lot of shout outs these days i'm having fun with that i'm like uh, this is like the, you know um, I'm just dropping names and stuff like that, but I think it's good for everybody because they they do an incredible job and vocational work aside from the housing piece is huge, is critical for the individual, <coughs> excuse me, to feel, to feel whole. I want to go into the education piece if we could though. Mm -hmm. You go into these corporations and, and what are you talking about? Like what, what are you, what are you helping that everybody that's the Long Island Railroad? <laughs> I have to say hello to the conductor who always checks in every so often hello there sir how are you it could be a woman hello ma'am so i don't know i don't actually know who drives the train i just know they drive it through my meetings all the time 
This is the beauty of being in the attic, Bev. You get some, you get a lot of visitors. Oh, yeah. And somehow I shouldn't jinx it, but my dog hasn't barked. So there must not be any Amazon trucks going by. We right talked now. about that yesterday that or two days ago that the dog interrupted that meeting, but that's another story. But <laughs> but this is a you have the train, like, I have the dog. <laughs> this is like, you know, this is attic problems, you know, hashtag <laughs> attic life. This is just how it goes, you know. But no? we're keeping things moving, right? We just right strategies around those barriers and we're like, we're going forward. Just keep it moving, man. We have to, like you said, you know, could have been a terrible year but you guys figured it out and figured out what yeah. to do so you go into these companies you go into these schools and you, you know tell me about that tell me about what what are these companies are they open-minded or you know are they what tell me about it yeah so um you know i'll start with with one of the colleges in our area sinus college um we believe that people with complex disabilities deserve a place on campus they might not, not be taking a class for credit or even auditing a class but you know Bob, who's one of our neurodiverse leaders, he he grew up in a time where he didn't even have the right to public education, you know, because of his age. So Bob um, came out to a library, was volunteering with our sleeping mat project, which is um, here's a little piece I made to hold up on Zoom. They're what is that? Tell, tell us what that is. So this is a sleeping mat. We okay. make it out of recycled plastic bags. Okay. And it's uh, becomes a sleeping mat for people experiencing um, street homelessness. So Bob learned how to do this volunteer project with us. And then he launched at our sinuses campus with me. And he was just so excited to go to the school store with one of the your sinus students that was volunteering. And he got a shirt. And he like before he like had the cashier take the tag off so he could go in the bathroom, put it on. And he feels connected to that campus. This is a, a guy that, you know, decades before was at home because he wasn't even allowed to be in a special education classroom. Um, so that's what we really try to focus on, you know, and for corporations, we try to figure out their pain points. We work with Dow Chemical. They put all the plastics into the world. They love having their employees, you know, engage in recycling like this. It's part of their circular economy model. So we find where we have synergy with companies. We're not the nonprofit that goes with our handout, like give us a donation, but we're like, how do you want to engage in our community? What are your corporate social responsibility values? And how can we help you? And then by the way, do you want to donate to our work? So, <laughs> so it becomes a reciprocal relationship rather than an imbalance. But one. that's, that's so a couple of years ago, I'm talking to my friend, Ken Serene, he founded the, the uh, Long Island Imagine Wards, New York City Imagine Wards, New York City Imagine Wards applications are out right now. So if you have a nonprofit in the five boroughs of New York City, you know what they are. Uh, if that if, if you're in that space, nycimagineawards.com, check it out, fill out an application. But, you know, Ken and uh, wow, I just started rambling and I lost my train of thought. Ken, Ken um, I said to Ken one day in a meeting, we're in a meeting, a nonprofit meeting is about 40 people. And I said, Ken, this is about two and a half years ago. I asked him across the room. I said, let me ask you something. It's not supposed to be quid pro quo, right? You know, we're talking about like when somebody says, hey, sponsor my gala, sponsor my golf outing, you know. And he goes, no, Tommy, he goes, I disagree. He goes, it is supposed to be quid pro quo. This is supposed to be good for both parties. It's not, we're a charity. Give us a handout. We'll put your logo on a sign. You find, and these are my two favorite words, strategic alliances. You find the ability. What you're talking about, Bev, is, hey, I want to make an impact for you, Mr. and Mrs. Corporation, and then you can make an impact for me. That's what I call a partnership, a strategic yes. alliance where everyone wins, both the, the for-profit, the yeah. nonprofit and organization. That's how you build that lasting relationship too. And we have these corporations. We just started partnering yesterday, in fact, with Merck Pharmaceutical. Yeah. Um, and they were fast, they have a disability resource group for their employees who have disabilities and those allies. And they found us doing a Google search because I asked them, like, we have a very small, non-existent, really, to be honest, marketing budget. And I'm like, how did you find out about us, Merck? We've been wanting to connect with someone at Merck for two years. And they're like, we Google searched uh, disability volunteering in Montgomery County. I'm like, thank you, Google. That's it. Um, but already they're like, you know, it's all talking about how they can support our work, but how we can support the goals of their company. Um, because companies have deep rooted reasons why they like to be involved in certain things, whether that's a bank, whether it's an insurance agency, whether, you know, we partner with all different industries. And it's just fascinating to me that, you know, a little nonprofit like us can support these big global corporations with some of their goals just by figuring out what they care about. But it's because the, 
the people, these are people, these organizations are just, yes. group, these businesses. Yes. Are just and a lot of people, people miss that. Right? They're like, you're oh. working with the giant. No, like, no, you're not. You're working right. with people. These are people who have ambition and goals and have a connection to a specific mission. And therefore the organization, the business has a connection to specific missions. I'm going to, I mean, I got to slow down. Good thing we're going to break. Cause I'm like all fired up and I'm like, up, I'm standing up on my sofa. I get so excited like, when ah! people are excited about this work. Cause it's, cause it's the right thing. And these businesses should be involved with this. So we'll be back in a minute and a half, two minutes. It's your boy, Tommy D all fired up today. Like caffeine's flowing. Um, <laughs> we'll be back in a minute and a half to bring the show to a close. Uh, because I probably should take a nap after how, how much energy I've expanded just in the last 40 minutes. <laughs> Bev, we'll be right back. Bev Weinberg, integrate for good with your boy Tommy D. We will be back to bring the show to uh, to a culmination. And Bev's going to tell us about the future of this organization, where it's going, and what they need, and how you all could help out. Be right back. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Hey, that's right. Bev was singing with me, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, it sounds a little foggy. Oh, can we hear? Good, we're good. We are back with Bev Weinberg. I'm going to be singing it all day. That's the problem. Uh, listen, my my kids walk around the house singing that song, and it's hysterical. Like, I might have to call Brendan and have them record with with my. Uh, some of them sing really well in my house, you know. Others, you know, maybe we should turn down the volume. But that's certainly what people say when I sing as well. But hey, listen. You know what? We all have different abilities. That's what we're talking about today. And I like to listen to music and maybe people don't like to listen to me when I sing it. But hey, listen, guess what? This is my show. I can sing if I want to. (laughs) It's my show and I'll sing if I want to. (laughs) All right. Bev Weinberg is here in the attic, as we say every week, integrate for good. Bev, talk to me about we've, we've uncovered and gone through so much here today. And where does this organization go forward and what do you need? It's big for me, the, the, the connector guy. It's big for me. Who do you need to collaborate with and how can the people listening help out? Yeah, I love that question. Um, so I always say to people, and it goes back to what you said in the beginning, like, you know, the magic happens right at the edge of your comfort zone, across the edge, right? Um, and for me, I thought, you know, I went back to school, did my doctoral work, you know, as a mom with kids. It was pretty funny, you know, I could be the mom of anybody in my class at Temple's Fox School of Business. They're all doing all this technical stuff. And I have my my spiral ring notebooks and, you know, I'm looking for like the overhead projector and stuff. Oh, me too. It's been a while since I've been in school. Um, but I feel like, you know, if you wait until you know everything you need to know to move forward with something, you're going to stay where you are because you're never, you're never going to get there, right? We're always lifelong learners. So I decided to, without a pilot's license, put this plane in the air 
And I'm like, <laughs> I tell my interns, our volunteers, our board of directors, I'm like, we're learning to fly while we're up here. And, you know, we, we feel like, you know, we don't, there's no such thing as failure in Integrate for Good. We learn, we, we either succeed or we learn. And the only time we fail is if we don't learn from what we piloted. Love it. So, um, you know, that that's the mentality we have. So we're always trying new things. So in terms of people joke with me, they're like, your dollars must be rubber. We've never seen someone stretch a dollar. Um, you know, when you're a startup, you know, like I said, we just launched year three. Now people are finally seeing like, okay, they're not going anywhere. But in the beginning, it's extremely hard for startup anything, but especially startup nonprofits to get funding. Um, you know, it's like trying to get your first job out of high school or college where people say, come back when you have three to five years experience. Right. You right? can't get the job without the experience, but can't get the experience yeah, without the so job, like, right? If I had a dollar for every time people told me, I'm like, I wanted to stop a mid-sentence be like, all right, let me finish this story for you because I've heard it eight times today. But I'm like, I'm not getting derailed because that just means I'm one step closer to someone who is going to seriously be, you know, committed to innovation. And I say to people that do have resources to share, whether that's their time, financial resources, um, you know, sharing their expertise, whatever it is, you know, put that out there because, you know, nonprofits need all of it. So when someone comes to us, we try to figure out like the head of my finance committee, for example, you know, he's a guy, he just retired and he said, I don't want to do a 40 hour a week job, but I also want a reason to get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a numbers guy, like I'm great at budgets and things like that maybe my next chapter is serving as a nonprofit board member. So like, that's how he shares and contributes his kind of next chapter to us. Um, what we, we need now, I mean, we always love people power, but we need finances. Nonprofits are businesses. Um, we need finances to make our work happen. And like I said, um, this morning, we just did, we're in week nine of week 10, really exciting, nearing the end of um, creating digital portfolios for this cohort of students that we worked really hard to write grants for and get funded. We don't charge any families or students for any of what we do. Um, so we, uh, we fund that on the back end. So if anyone wants to contribute to our next cohort of school district kids, being able to, to create digital portfolios where we, our videographer has autism. Um, so it's, it just, we're able to pay him. We're able to employ people with disabilities to empower other people with disabilities. Um, so people can visit our website, integrateforgood.org. Um, and learn all about the opportunities to get involved, whether it's giving your time, your talent, um, a financial contribution, can donate very easily through our website. We have an event coming up March 31st. It's a social capital networking event. I'm in, sign me up. It's only $10 to participate. It's 15 if you wanna share a 30 second commercial about your business. So most of our people are in the Philadelphia area, but if you're a business who's looking to connect with people in our area, we're all virtual now, we can kind of do business anywhere, which is like one of the things we've all learned. Um, we do games, we give away great prizes, Amazon gift cards, it's a lot of fun. And we're also looking for corporate sponsors for that as well. We have super affordable sponsorships because we're so small. Um, you know, donations that might seem very small to another organization are huge for us. And we can take that money, make a huge impact. Plus it's fun. It's a chance for you to build your social capital and community connection and share about your business, what you do and what you need from our community. Um, so those, you know, I would say supporting us March 31st is probably the soonest way. And if you go to integrateforgood.org forward slash events, you can see we have four virtual events running every week. Um, talking about Tommy's Pebbles, we do something called Kindness Rocks, and people make, um, you know, all different rocks that we paint with messages of hope and inspiration and put out in the community. We do, we teach people how to do the Sleepy Map Project, a military gratitude project right now in the spring series, and then Hope Notes, where people create notes, trying to think if we have any here, that um, go into boxes and bags for people experiencing food insecurity handwritten notes of hope. So those are our four events, integrateforgood.org forward slash events. They're all virtual. They're all free. Um, and it's just a way to bring people of all abilities together to give back. So we'd love, you can come every day, you know, it's once a week consistently. So you can come for the whole series. You can pop in once. Um, we just want to make people know that in a time that feels so uncontrollable, um, you know, we're, we're not quite through COVID yet. Um, there's so much you can control and kindness isn't canceled. That was our hashtag. Kindness, kindness, kindness isn't canceled. Kindness isn't canceled. I mean, you, in that last paragraph there, there's like 15 questions I want to ask. And that means I got to have you back on the show because we don't have the time to get into today. <laughs> but I like where you just, kindness isn't canceled. Come on, guys. I mean, what are we talking about? 
we're here to make an impact. We're here to help each other. That's it. If you get 70, 80, 90 years, make an impact. What is your legacy? It's about helping others. And Bev Weinberg certainly proves that out, that that's what this is about. And that's what their organization, Integrate for Good, is all about. You can probably tell in the rapidity of my voice that we're going to draw this meeting to a close. Bev, thank you for being here. You need to come back. I'm so glad you reached out to me on LinkedIn. That whole, oh, internet, that whole social media thing, it's for real, guys. It's not just yes. a pretend thing. It's like real. That's how people connect. And especially in, in uh, you know, in this time frame where we're all, you know, in our basements, maybe in our dining rooms or in the attic, like your boy Tommy D is, that's when we need to connect most of all. All right. We're going to bring the show to a close. Bev, thanks for being here. I'm just going to sign us off in a second. Bev Weinberg, they can fi- find you at integrateforgood.org. That's org for everybody listening because those are our people, the organizations, right? Next week on the show, I want to tell you my newer friend, Dino Varelli, who is the CEO of Project Purple, a world without pancreatic cancer. He will be our guest on the show. Guess how I met him? Someone connected me. Someone in my network said, you guys need to know each other. Dino's dad, Giovanni, passed away uh, from pancreatic cancer, and Dino's mission is to do whatever he can in his organization to help work to, uh, to, to support people going through pancreatic cancer and eventually eradicate that disgusting, tragic disease. So I want you to do a couple of things. You want to check out and connect with me, follow me on the Instagram, tommyd.nyc. That stands for New York City. My kids like when I say that, they're like, dad, they know. tommyd.nyc, <laughs> the email address, tommyd at philanthropy and focus. And you know, it's P-H-O-C-U-S, philanthropyandfocus.com, tommyd at philanthropyandfocus.com. Stay tuned to the network. Stay tuned to talkradio.nyc. Steve Fry, always Friday. It's always Friday. He's got the sunglasses on the whole thing. He's coming up next. Uh, followed by Jeremiah Fox, the entrepreneurial web, Joseph McElroy, wise content creates wealth. That will round off our business SMB block, as Steve Fry calls it. I told you about Dino next week. I told you how to get in touch with me. I think I did everything I was supposed to do. Last thing I'll say is Emily Shulman on the other side of the glass. Thanks for all your hard work, keeping us in order and keeping us going, getting us to breaks on time. Bev Weinberg, as I like to say, make it a great day. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Tommy D. It was great to be here. Stay strong and safe, everybody. Right on. Thanks, Ben. All right, cool. Good night, everybody. Good night. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history. 
its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 